Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny will be interviewing award-winning researcher Dawson Church. And the two of them will be chatting about his latest book, Mind to Matter. So tune in and learn the science showing how our minds create matter, as well as hear astonishing case histories of people who harness the extraordinary power of the mind to create and heal. And now I welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I am your host, attorney turned life coach, Sunny Joy McMillan. And we are here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW, bringing you amazing coaches, teachers, authors, and healers who are on a mission to encourage you, inspire you, and give you tools to live a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live or you want to go back and listen to it again, you can always access Access those show archives at 1150kknw.com. Um, find out more about me, connect with me for coaching through my website, which is goldenoversoul.com. That's goldenoversoul.com. Um, and I did want to do a quick check in with Benny. I feel like I haven't talked to you in a little while. I Benny, know, what right? Is going on? <laughs> no, everything's fine. Everything's good. We still miss you. It's a beautiful day in the Pacific Northwest as well. So, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. It's been funny because I've thought of you because um, it's been cooler here than I anticipated mm. it would be. And I actually think we've had cooler weather here in California than you all have been having up in yes! Seattle, which Woo! is crazy. We can do it. <laughs> See, folks, it's not always gloomy. It's not always gloomy. <laughs> well, we miss you all. But uh, yeah, we're still enjoying our adventure here. Mm. So I'm glad to hear everything is going well. Oh, and what about the boys? How oh, they're they? doing well. Uh, they actually uh, they are out of uh, school as of last Friday, so uh, summer break has begun. I will see them a little bit later on. We'll, uh, we'll probably do a little bit of park day. We went to Saltwater Park. Uh, if you're in the local area, it's just in the south end, uh, Des Moines Federal Way area a couple days ago. It was really fun. Uh, low tides are the best, of course, because you can run out there and find lots of cool stuff. So, Ooh. Yeah, we're big beachcombers. Oh, that is fun. That's one of yeah. my favorite things to do. I'm mm -hmm. sure it is for many people, but yeah, you find all kinds of creepy crawlies and fun little things to, you know, sand. What did they have sand dollars? Uh, yes, they do. As a matter of fact, it's a little okay. trickier to find them. They bury themselves pretty deep down, but uh, oh. you got to pay attention and, you know, boys will be boys anyways. They'll find anything. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, I hope you all have a wonderful summer Thank together. You. I know you will. Many yep. fun things to do on your break. You know it. Okay, so on to our fantastic guest for today, who I've been looking forward to talking to for quite a while now. Um, my guest is Dawson Church, PhD. He is an award-winning author and researcher whose best-selling book, The Genie in Your Genes, has been hailed by reviewers as a breakthrough in our understanding of the link between emotions and genetics. His follow-up title, Mind to Matter, which we'll be discussing today, reviews the science of peak mental states. He founded the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare to study and implement promising evidence-based psychological and medical techniques. His groundbreaking research has been published in many prestigious scientific journals. And he also is the editor of Energy Psychology, Theory, Research, and Treatment, which is a peer-reviewed professional journal, as well as a, he's also a blogger for the Huffington Post. And he shares how to apply the breakthroughs of energy psychology to health and athletic performance through EFT Universe. And you can find out more about Dawson and about EFT Universe by visiting EFTUniverse.com. That, of course, stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. So EFTUniverse.com, which is actually one of the largest alternative medicine sites on the web today. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Full title of the book, if you want to go ahead and find it on Amazon and order your copy as we're talking today, is Mind to Matter, The Astonishing Science of How Your Brain Creates Material Reality. Uh, Dawson Church, welcome to Sunny in Seattle. Sunny, it is a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Oh, well, I am so excited to talk to you. Um, I was just finishing up your book yesterday, and Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm just so glad you went through all of the literature and pulled all this together because what you found, I think many of our listeners already believe, but you have actually pulled the science for us to be able to point to it and say, we know these things to be true. And it just, the, the body of literature, from my understanding, just continues to grow as we, as our technology develops to be able to understand how these energy psychology and energy healing techniques work. 
absolutely. thousands of studies now, so the body of evidence is enormous and growing. And you're right, it is absolutely astonishing. When I began this journey, Sunny, I, you know, in, intuitively we have a sense that there's there, there are these these links between our thoughts and our reality. But I was I was wouldn't say I was a skeptic when I began this journey, but I was certainly not not convinced. I thought I would find some scientific evidence for the link between thought and thing. But uh, as I began to read the science and look at citations in various studies, go back over the last century of research, and then look at the very latest research, I was absolutely stunned by how much research there is and what it shows us. So you're right. It is amazing. Yes. Well, I'm so excited to dive into that. And, and so much of the research that you present is a very, very recent. So it's just very exciting that we are things are just really beginning to open up and blow up. But before we get there, I actually, I wanted to ask you, you know, how did you come to do the work you do now? Like, where did your fascination with energy psychology, non-local consciousness, spirituality, how did that all begin to lead you where you are today? I think that the union of science and mysticism is absolutely wonderful for me personally. And I began at an early age and I, when I was 15 years old, I was very unhappy, very depressed. I had PTSD. I had a pretty difficult childhood. And so I wound up as a very young person being, being sad. And uh, I don't tell the story in the book, but I remember when I was 15 years old, I was walking past a full length mirror and I was at a hotel with my, my, my parents. And uh, I, looked, I walked past that full length mirror and looked at my own face, my own body at 15. And I, my thought in my own head echoing in through my skull was, I looked at my face and I thought, that's the saddest face I've ever seen. And I was a really mm. sad person at, at 15. And I, I was known for being negative and pessimistic and uh, all, all, the, all the opposite things to what I am today. And uh, it, was, it was just really that, that that drove me into looking for answers and how to, how to be happier. And so I joined a spiritual community and I learned energy healing, learned meditation, learned various techniques, got a little bit happier and got happier and happier and happier. And then eventually... As I went through life, as I had a career in book publishing and writing, and then eventually moved into science, I discovered that there are these techniques that can help us feel happier. Initially, I was really into Gestalt therapy, and I took Gestalt therapy classes. I studied with one of the Gestalt therapy founders, students, and I was really focused on this, this quest to, to get happier. And I did get happier bit by bit by bit. And I wouldn't say I was happy, but I was definitely not struggling the way I, I was earlier. And then I discovered energy psychology around 20 years ago. And <clears throat> I also began meditating. And Sunny, the pace of my growth just accelerated dramatically. And I, I can see this in my journals because I kept a journal since I was 15 years old. And one of the really depressing things about reading my own journals, like I, I go back every once in a while and look at the one from 1995 and compare it to the one from 1998 and 87. And it was obvious that I was on a hamster wheel. I was getting a little bit better. But if I took those journals, they described the same inner miserable states. And only, the only thing that really changed was the dates. <laughs> so when I began, began to learn energy techniques and began to meditate every day, suddenly everything began to change. My mood changed, my money changed, my relationships changed, my health changed. I mean, just radical transformation and, and quickly. And so I, I began to really find it fascinating that we now have, not only have these, these tools, but as I began to research them about going back maybe 20 years ago and look at the evidence for them and look at the speed of change. It was remarkable how fast they could change you. So science then began to reinforce what we knew intuitively, which is the thoughts become things. And I, I then wrote a, a best-selling book many years ago called The Genie and Your Genes about epigenetics, because I'm really interested in how our thoughts turn genes and hormones and other chemicals in our bodies on and off. So I wrote that, that first best-selling book, and then this book was just this revelation of 
how much science there is that shows that our thoughts do become things. So that was kind of my, my trajectory. I'm so thrilled now that we have tools like MRIs and EEGs and heart rate variability monitors, and we can measure cortisol, we can measure DHEA, we can measure serotonin and dopamine and all these other things going on in our bodies. And, and we're seeing now the results of those experiments that these kinds of practices like EFT tapping, like meditation, they, they're, they're changing us, but they're not changing us incrementally or a little bit or 5% or 10%. We're seeing massive changes in internal biochemistry, in brain function as we practice these new techniques. So we're in the middle of this, this medical revolution and psychological and spiritual revolution. And so I wake up every morning happy and excited okay. and delighted and thrilled to surrender myself to the synchronous universe we live in. And life has become a joyride. So... <laughs> it's so evident <laughs> yes and, and that, that that joy ride that you are on is so evident in this book and, and I so I have to say you know I'm fascinated by the science of it I'm, I'm nerding out as I'm reading your book but at the same time you know for those out there if you do buy this book every bit of research or review of the literature is interspersed with these beautiful stories. And one of the first stories, since you just um, mentioned synchronicity, one of the first stories you share is the story of finding your keys in Hawaii. And I was hoping that you might share that just as kind of the entree into all of the goodness that is in this book. Yeah. And I do have a lot of stories in the book because it does, the book does review over 400 studies. And so there's a ton of science in the book. Every factual statement is backed up by research. So everything we do here at EF Universe is evidence-based. And that's that's important to me. I love science and science shows us the way. But then I have these, I've had these anomalous experiences and we call them anomalous experiences, things like precognition, telepathy, clairvoyance, and so on. But the in mind to matter, I show, I, I quote a lot of research showing that these kinds of experiences are actually, they're called anomalous, but they're actually not anomalous, they're, they're common. Uh, something like 70% of people have them, and they have them in, Chinese people have them, and, and South African people have them, and British people have them, and Argentinian people have them, and US people have them. So they have all over the world, regardless of spirituality, regardless of faith, regardless of geography, people have these experiences. And this was one really big one for me. So I, I was working on another book many years ago, and I was making poor progress because I had so much work to do in my day job. So I couldn't finish the job, and I decided to just fly to Hawaii, spend a couple weeks there, and focus intensively on finishing the book. And I, I would take a break every, every day, maybe twice a day. I love being in the water, so I rented a Jeep. And I would leave the condo. I would go to often remote beach. I would. Uh, I had all my diving and, and snorkeling equipment in the back of the jeep, and I'd go spend an hour doing that. Then go back to the condo and ride. So this one day after swimming at this gorgeous, I mean one of the most gorgeous beaches in the world, Lawai Beach, it has a a reef maybe quarter of a mile offshore. It has a long protected barrier and there's tons of marine life inside that and you can dive down and it, it, at its deepest it's about 12 feet down and shallowest it's about six feet and it's full of coral brightly colored rocks tropical fish nooks it, swimming in under these nooks and crannies and so after an hour of swimming around Lawai beach <clears throat> i went back to the 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 jeep and i always had my gear in, in, in the trunk so i reached into my in the pocket of my bathing trunks to grab my keys and it was empty and i realized that my my car keys weren't there not only that i clipped the keys to the condominium to the car keys so <laughs> i just had no car keys no house keys. so i i looked over at this huge expanse of bay and i realized as i'd been diving down to the bottom at some point somewhere in this huge bay i had dropped not only the car key but also the condo key and i was locked out of the car and locked out of the condo. So I stayed totally calm. And I just was in this, this heart coherent space. I talk a lot in the book, in mind to matter, I talk about the mental and emotional and brain states that correlate with manifestation. And it's really clear when you study people who are good manifestors, when, you, when I hook them up to an EEG, 
things are happening in their brains and in their minds that are not happening in the brains and minds of people who aren't manifestors. And so I, I, I practiced this hard coherent state. I stayed completely calm. And I just began to, began to swim around the bay looking for my keys. Now, trying to find two little keys six to 12 feet down <laughs> in the bottom full of coral, many several acres in, in, in size, it was statistically impossible that I would find these keys. And I just stayed totally, totally, totally centered, began to swim around the bay. And as I was swimming, I, you know, it was like an hour later, it was getting dark, nothing was to be found. And I, I realized that the chances of finding them were just, just minimal. And so I began to swim back toward the shore to leave the water. And I saw a, 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 a man and he had three teenage boys and they had just got into the water for a last twilight dip before it got dark. And my intuition said, go talk to those four men. So I swam over to them and I said to them, I notice you guys have been swimming around here, you've been diving to the bottom. Did any of you happen to find anything down there? <laughs> and the youngest boy held up my keys. <laughs> just wild so these things make you think even if you're a skeptical scientist these things make you think and they made me think and so so what i wanted to measure in the book i wanted to actually literally measure what we can do and what we can't do like i i can manifest stuff i can manifest a cup of coffee by going downstairs to the coffee maker and make myself a cup of coffee that's no big great manifestational feat what i cannot do is I cannot say manifest a 10 story building in my backyard. I mean, they're things that are impossible to do. So, so what can you do? And I decided to consult science and actually measure the range of stuff you really truly can create in your life and the stuff, stuff you can't create like the 10 story building in your backyard. So you really wanna uh, know what, that, what those parameters are and then create to the fullest. And that's what Mind to Matter is all about. It measures that 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 field of influence that you have and what you can create just for your mind. Yes, and you mentioned a moment ago, um, and this was actually one of the things I wanted to ask you about regarding this story. You you write that when you were talking about finding the keys, and you mentioned it a moment ago, that you just stayed very calm. You were in a heart coherent state. You just anytime you begin to panic, you'd refocus your consciousness in your heart area. And of course, you reference a lot of the research from Heart Math Institute, who I adore. Um, and so I'm curious, you know, how important in all of this that you are looking at, how important is that heart centered focus? Focus to this this manifestation and creation. When you're with a heart-centered person, Sunny, you know it because our hearts, when they're coherent, are sending out a signal, and we can pick up that signal with the right equipment about three yards away from you. So quite a long ways away from you, you're literally conditioning the, the space around you. And so heart coherence is is enormously important. It also goes along with brain coherence. And so when you're heart coherent, then you are brain coherent and many other rhythms in your body, even your digestion starts to come into coherence. So heart coherence is, is core. And again, you aren't just heart coherent yourself. You then have a, an influence on those around you. And so in chapter two of the book, I talk about this amazing phenomenon called emotional contagion that we literally and epidemiologists, people who study infectious disease, actually have applied these tools to measuring emotions. And they found that our emotions are affecting those three feet away from us, 10 feet away from us, and sometimes distantly because the people that we affect affect others. And so if I'm happy, my next door neighbor is 34% more likely to be happy and is 14% more likely to make a person near him happy. And she is likely to make a person uh, near her 7% more happy. So this, this emotions, positive emotions spread out dramatically all around us. And so heart coherence is not just affecting us locally, it's affecting us non-locally. And a lot of the book, especially the start of Mind to Matter and the end of Mind to Matter, I talk about this whole concept of non local mind. And if you're living your life as though your local reality and your local reality field was all you have, you're living in a tiny little, little subset of possibilities. But if you learn to tune in in meditation with tapping, 
I, I list about 30 tools in the book. There are 30 different practices you can do. Then you start to become coherent, not just locally, but you become coherent with the field. And that's when synchronicity is like losing my keys and finding them again. Those kinds of things happen. Yeah, that was one of the things that stood out the most to me in this book and one of my biggest takeaways that I will be applying to my life is that I know you, you go through the research about local effects like in your own brain, how your brain waves are affected by heart coherence and by uh, what we'll talk I hope to explore with you later eco meditation is one of the tools you talk about in the book which I've been doing this week <laughs> since reading. But the the what really stood out to me was that by becoming, doing, uh, entering these coherent states, we are also tapping into universal consciousness or non-local mind. And through that, it's like a whole new world of infinite possibilities opens up to us both in our, in our respective, you know, micro lives, but also the macrocosm. And that just blew, that blew my mind, no pun intended, but that, that, that our ability to tap into this non-local consciousness is, is available to us all day, every day as we walk through our lives. All day, every day. And when you do what you're doing now, Sunny, is actually using eco-meditation, then that connects you with that non-local universe and synchronicity and all of the, the joy and order that there is in that, that, that non-local universe. And one of the phenomena I talk about in, in the book, in chapter two, three, four, is the scientific field called emergence. And emergence is a whole field of science. It's about 20 years old. And it studies the properties of large systems. And what we find in nature, throughout nature, is that large systems have order in them. They're self-organizing. Like if you look at a, one of the examples I use in the book is the ripples of sand on the beach and you see these very regular ripples or, or waves coming into the shore or sand dunes or termite colonies or even cities are as cities grow and develop there are these self-organizing entities and so you begin to be part of this huge self-organizing universe and it's wonderful to live your life not as a little local mind thinking i have to struggle i have to figure things out i have to i have to to push my way through a miserable life and it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. That is completely not the worldview of a manifester. The worldview of a manifester, and I, I have a whole group called the Master Manifestors Club. <laughs> we have about we have, we have about 200 people in the club right now. We just just off, began offering it a couple of weeks ago, weeks ago, and um, it's so interesting. These master manifestors, they learn these skills and tools, and they learn to tune to these non-local cycles. And it's powerful to live your life in that non-local reality, and then you're organizing your local reality and your local reality is being influenced by non-local reality. And that's where intuition and telepathy and clairvoyance and precognition and all of these things come from, the coming from these non-local fields. And we can learn, we can literally train ourselves just the way you tune a radio dial to a station. You pick a frequency, you literally learn to tune your mind to those frequencies, but you have to be coherent to do it. So yeah, it's, it's powerful to live your life in congruence with this emergent universe, with this huge non-local reality, and you start to find all kinds of synchronicities, miracles, coincidences just happening in your life that, that you don't have access to if you're stuck in local mind. Yes, and one of the stories that you provide in, in uh, the book, and that just, it, I've heard this story before, and it just, I think it's so powerful um, around what happens when you are tuned in or when you are open to it, and the story of Michael Shermer and the broken radio. Um, do you mind sharing that story? I just think it's such a beautiful story of going from skeptic to believer. <laughs> uh, yes, it's a very interesting story. So, Michael Shermer is the editor of the skeptic magazine and a notable skeptic and uh so he is not a believer and there's a whole field of research called the sheep and goats research and sheep are people who believe they believe in all these things like clairvoyance and telepathy and psychic powers uh distant distant healing and so there are the sheep then there are the goats the goats are non-believers they don't believe all the stuff is is, is real and they they're very influential as well the goats pretty much run wikipedia so 
<laughs> Wikipedia entries for energy therapies, energy medicine, uh, homeopathy, all these things. I'll tell you that, that they're pseudoscience. So these, these skeptics are very well organized. They're very influential in our culture. Uh, many of them are science deniers. They deny the science behind acupuncture and, and all these energy uh, uh, medicine type interventions, even though there are occasionally thousands of studies and for some of them hundreds of studies showing that, that they work. But anyway, so that's the background of this guy. And um, he married a woman from Germany and she moved to California to live with him and she shipped all of her stuff over here. Now she had a radio it was given to her by a man who was like a father figure to her in her youth. And this radio had been manufactured in the 70s in Germany and it hadn't worked for decades, but she kept this artifact and uh, much of her luggage was actually lost or damaged in the, in the, in the move. But this old broken radio made it through and the the day after their wedding, uh, they heard a sound coming from one of the rooms of the house. And when they walked over to investigate, this old radio was playing. And it was playing love songs. And they were absolutely amazed because it hadn't worked for so so long. And she took it, his wife took it as as a blessing from her father figure from the grave. And uh the radio played that day, and then it never played again. Never, <laughs> never played since. So these things, these again, anomalous experiences happen even for skeptics, even for atheists, even people who don't believe. They they still happen. It's it's just the book is full of these stories. I'm getting the chills actually, Sunny, as I as I say this because it, it's so powerful. It's so awesome to to live in, in a world where you 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 aren't a goat. You're a sheep. You believe in these things, and the research also shows that if you're a believer, they happen to you much more often than if you're a disbeliever. So it's worth learning to read the science. The science is very convincing, and it's likely to make you into a sheep. Yes, well, I am enjoying being a sheep myself. Very proud to be one. <laughs> and so why don't we, on that note, we will take our break for the show. Um, I am joined today by Dawson Church, award-winning author and researcher. We're discussing his latest book, Mind to Matter, The Astonishing Science of How Your Brain Creates Material Reality. Um, you are listening to Sunny in Seattle, and we will be back in just a few. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life? If you're anything like me, you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper. There's just one problem. Your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling, but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns. In my new book, Unhitched, I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage, as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story, and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice, and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom, as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched, unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad marriage. Available today on Amazon.com. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. Marie, is that you? Oh, hi, Barb. How you doing? Better now. Did you know we had a little health scare with Jeff? Oh, no. What happened? Well, he had been short of breath and was really tired a lot of the time. He just thought he was getting old and was out of shape. But it turns out it was heart valve disease. How did you figure it out? He finally went to the doctor, and she was able to listen to his heart and detected the problem. I didn't realize it, but heart valve disease is more common than you'd think. They were able to replace the valve, and he's feeling so much better now. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. More than 5 million Americans are diagnosed with heart valve disease every year, but most people know nothing about the condition, and it can be deadly if untreated. That's why it's important to listen to your heart and ask your doctor if your symptoms may be due to heart valve disease or if you're at high risk. A message brought to you by Heart Valve Voice U.S. For more information about the symptoms and treatments for valve disease, go to heartvalvevoice-us.org. 
It's time that you are heard, and I don't mean in just a conversation. I mean really heard. Imagine hosting your very own radio program on Alternative Talk 1150. Talk about being heard. Call 425-653-1150 right now to learn how affordable it can be to host your own radio show. Time slots are going fast, so take hold of this chance by dialing 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I am your host, Sunny Joy. I'm joined today by award-winning researcher and author Dawson Church discussing his latest book, Mind to Matter. So while we were on break, Dawson and I got to talking because I'd shared earlier in the show that I have been using his eco-meditation this week. Um, and I, I, you know, I meditated in various, you know, transcendental and primordial and just following the breath and guided meditations, just silent meditation, whatever. I've tried it all and I do use it on a fairly re- frequent basis, but this eco meditation really felt, um, it felt amazing in a way that, um, that I haven't experienced for a while in my meditations. And so, um, first of all, maybe Dawson, you could share a little bit about what eco meditation is and why it's different. And then we can maybe dive into what we were talking about on the break that this particular form of meditation, when folks are hooked up to EEGs monitoring, you know, brain waves, the brain wave states that this puts you into just triggers this whole host of beautiful things that happen in your body in addition to connecting you to non-local consciousness. It's just, this is, it's, it's really powerful. Um, do you mind if we start there? It's extraordinary. Now that we're researching eco-meditation, what it's doing. And I invented it many years ago, kind of on a, on a, on a, on a whim, on a bet, on a, just a, a weird, just quest to see if I could combine all these techniques. So I was at a conference with Joe Dispenza at, in 2008, and um, we were talking about all these different techniques, how, how mindfulness triggers beneficial changes, how EFT tapping works wonders, how how meditation is, is so powerful, how neurofeedback and biofeedback work, how heart math is a powerful tool for well-being. And I had this big big, big thought. As I talked to various scientists at different conferences, I had this big thought, which was, what if we combine them all? And if we combine them all in a simple protocol that had just a few steps that anyone could, could practice, especially failed meditators, because many people try and meditate, like eight out of 10 people have tried meditation at some point, but almost all of them aren't able to establish a, 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 a stable daily practice. And so I wanted to, uh, I wanted to use these techniques be, combined because each of them is physiological and like heart coherence. If you just breathe in a certain rhythm, you become heart coherent. There is a way of, of relaxing yourself that stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system and tells every organ in your body to relax. So I thought if we use these physiological signals and combine all of these techniques in one simple package, what will happen? And the result, the very first time I tried it was in a, in a conference in, in, in Toronto with about 200 people. And I was absolutely amazed that even the non-meditators, the failed meditators, the <laughs> serial failed meditators, <laughs> were able to uh, meditate and have a, a, a deep experience. And the whole room, everyone came into heart coherence together. So um, I've been doing it now for more than 10 years myself. I've, I've seen huge personal changes as a result when you combine it with other things like EFT tapping, time and nature, grounding, the other 30 techniques I talk about in Mind to Matter, it has dramatic effects. And so what we're now seeing is that it has large effects on the physical body. It improves mood, it improves happiness levels, it decreases anxiety, depression. But we're seeing that it, for example, drops your level of cortisol, your main stress hormone. And when cortisol drops, it raises your level of this immune marker called salivary immunoglobulin A. It raises the levels of those immunoglobulins. So it's improving your immune system in what downregulates your stress. And the, the brain effects of eco-meditation and the body effects of eco-meditation are, are profound. So that's what I've been doing for the last while. And I'm really, really focused on researching it and, and doing more with it. Yeah, it just, and it, it really 
you can feel the effects when you're doing it. But the thing that really stood out to me in reading this is that when you were creating, would you mind telling us a little bit about, I think most folks are familiar with the various, the five brainwave states, but I feel like we're just now beginning to understand, you know, gamma, that that's been a fairly recent, um, uh, discovery, right? It was, it was thought before there were just the four brainwave states and now we know about gamma and this particular meditation puts people, it, it triggers all these various brainwave states that then have that cascading effect into the body. Um, which, and then what we were talking about on the break that also blew my mind and it, I had never thought about it this way before Dawson, but that our bodies are recreating themselves cell by cell, like by the trillions every day. And when you are in a positive brainwave state through perhaps eco meditation or however else you can trigger it, but when you're in these kind of positive brainwave states, you are flooding the cells in your body with this positivity. And so you are recreating yourself daily in this soup of beautiful um, for lack of a better word, stuff. <laughs> energy. Yes, energy. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you speak to that a little bit? I just could not. That just was oh, so so beautiful. Yeah. So one of the big insights I had, I was reading reviews and research on how various frequencies affect cells. And you're right. There are those those brainwave frequencies, and we we there are various pieces of research over the last 60, 70 years showing that different frequencies, like for example, seven cycles per second affects cells and uh, 13 cycles per second affects cells and 40 cycles per second. So just the, 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 the rate of frequency that affects cells. But what I stumbled upon in Mind to Matter was this really crucial discovery. And I began to look deeply into the waves produced by our own brains and their effect on cells. And it turns out that the waves produced by our own brains during a meditation like eco-meditation, a deep meditation like eco-meditation, are extensive. And in chapter three, I have some lists of what they do. And just listen, Sonny, to this list of the beneficial effects of your, your brain waves, meditative brain waves, on, on your cells. Uh, these are just a few of dozens of effects. One is it stimulates the formation of nerve cells and synapses, especially in the memory and learning centers of the brain. It repairs tissue in spinal cords. It reduces these brain waves in meditation. They reduce the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. They inhibit the growth of cancer cells. They improve memory and cognitive functioning. They increase attention span. They speed the healing of wounds. They decrease the activity of inflammatory cells. They increase regeneration of bone. They trigger the expression of all kinds of beneficial genes, especially those to do with cell repair and cell communication. They enhance the activity of white blood cells in the immune system. They catalyze the synthesis of growth hormone. They regulate free radicals, the oxygen atoms that are the primary cause of aging. All of these things are the effects of meditation. And so you begin to feel much much, much better when you sit down. There are seven simple steps to eco-meditation, but then you evoke these brain states and then your body starts to change. I'd also be, be, be appreciate you mentioned to me what happened for you when you began to try it a week ago. I, I'd love to hear that that experience of yours as well. Yeah, I, it's it's funny because, um, like I said, I, I meditate regularly, um, not every day, but I'm on a fairly consistent basis. And I, you know, I use a lot of different things. Um, I enjoy kind of keeping it um, uh, surprising for me. And uh, with yours, it's funny, I haven't had a response like this in as long as I can remember now. But I finished the eco meditation. It was just 20 minutes, um, and uh, so very, very doable. I and I, I loved your recommendation, and I just want to say this for folks out there that you say you meditate um, immediately upon waking because your mind is in that beautiful alpha state or coming out of the dream state, and so you can actually keep the nice alpha going if you meditate before beta jumps in and your monkey mind starts firing. So I did this upon waking, and um, after it was over. I felt, um, if anyone out there, gosh, and I can't remember the name of the show now, but it's with uh, Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen. It's fairly recent. And the final scene of the series is them walking together on the bottom of the ocean.
ocean. And if you can just imagine being on the bottom of the ocean with algae kind of flowing and the fish are swimming by and you're kind of moving through the water. So it's a very slow walk that has a little bit of resistance to it. And it's just this dreamy, silent, beautiful state. That is exactly how I felt when I ended the eco meditation. And I just thought, oh, I can handle anything today. <laughs> it doesn't matter what stress comes my way because I'm walking on the bottom of the ocean. Mm -hmm. Makes you resilient. <laughs> yeah. And you can handle stress better. And what we're now seeing is happening in your body is that biomarkers like cortisol are dropping. Those immunoglobulins are rising. Your immune system is functioning at a much higher level. So all of that positive cellular change is happening. And then when those new cells are being born in your body, so your body has 37 trillion cells. And if you do the math, it took me a while to figure out how to do this math, but um, 810,000 new cells are being born every second in your body. Your body is regenerating a cell all the time. And so when you bathe your regenerating body in that sense of well-being day by day by day, you're producing an energy field in which those cells are being born, and that has powerful positive effects. And for example, your stomach is renewing itself every two weeks, your red blood cells every four months, even your bones every year, about 10% of your skeleton gets replaced. And every 10 years, you even have new bones. Your, your skin cells are being repaired every, 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 every few days. So when you start to surround those developing cells with this incredibly positive and um, healing energy frequency of meditation, you feel good subjectively, but objectively in your body, it's catalyzing really healthy cell development. That's why not only do people who are positive and meditate, who center themselves, not only are they more resilient and feel better about their days, they age much more slowly. In just one of the more than 400 studies in Mind to Matter, it, I show, I talk about a study that shows that optimists live on average eight years longer than pessimists. And so these positive moods don't just feel good to you subjectively, they're producing massive internal biochemical changes in your body. So you feel better, you approach the day better, you're more resilient, you're more predisposed to synchronicities and good things happening to you during the day, but you have, you're having this, this, this powerful anti-aging effect on your body. Yes, and and I th there's that on the micro level, and is uh, that to me is enough to to prove it and practice it in my life. But I think what I also love in the book is how you talk about when we get into these these states of coherence, we're not only coherent within our, with our within the frequency in our own body, we're actually vibrating with the frequency or resonance of the earth. And then in turn, that is what connects us to the whole non-local uh, mind or non-local consciousness where you know some of our best inventors and creatives, and we're talking, uh, you mentioned a lot of folks in the book who you know people would recognize, but that that's when we're able to tap into these these uh, infinite possibilities for healing our own bodies, for creating new ideas and new inventions. It just it's like this domino effect that when you start it at the micro level, the macro implications are just mind blowing, really. Yeah, that research was so new that I had to get special permission from the researchers to even even put that in the book. Oh. And now they're building up a bigger portfolio of research. But that research is, is really remarkable. And so for millions of years, people have been, been having elevated spiritual states. They've been meditating. Meditation is thousands of years old, probably hundreds of thousands of years old. And one of the key things that meditators describe is a sense of oneness. They lose their sense of being me and blend with a sense of being one with the universe. Some will call it God, some will call it nature, some will call it by other names, but they have the sense of not being locked in this local reality. They blend with this non-local reality field. And so subjectively, we have news of the state. We have descriptions of the state from all the great mystics in the religions. We, we know that, that people experience these states. What's cool now is that science is actually measuring those states. So toward the end of the book, where I'm talking about how we affect material reality outside of our bodies, I have a, a series of studies I present that show 
that we, when we're in this hard coherent state, we're not just coherent locally, we come into coherence with huge planetary and galactic and even universal scale cycles. And one crucial graph in the book, toward the end of the book, is from a study published just very recently. And it's one heart coherent meditator, one heart coherent person for 30 days. So it's a month of heart coherence readings for this person. And so you see oh, day by day, some days they're up, some days they're down. There are peaks and valleys and troughs in that reading of this 30-day coherence graph. So get a month of this person in deep coherence. Overlaid with that is a graph of the fluctuations in the Earth's electromagnetic field produced by solar activity. So the solar wind rushes by the Earth at about 2 million miles an hour, very, very rapid uh, passage by, by the Earth. It distorts the Earth's electromagnetic field, and it produces pulses. It produces rhythms. And if, if there's more solar wind, the rhythms will be higher. If there's less, it'll be lower. So we can measure all of these phenomena with giant electromagnets. And so they're, 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 these, are, these are built in various parts of the globe, operated by various universities and institutions. So we measure all of this, this, this solar system level activity. And so here we have these two graphs. And one is one person, one human being for a month who's highly coherent. The other is these cosmic cycles for a month. And when you take those two graphs and overlay them, they track each other. They're yes. pretty similar, and they're not similar for someone who's not coherent. So when you're coherent, you're not only in coherence yourself internally and locally, you are in sync with huge cosmic cycles. And this is just remarkable because now we're beginning to develop, and I, in Mind to Matter, I, I, I present the evidence for this. There is this emerging evidence for things like distant healing, because now I'm coherent here in California, but I'm coherent with my aunt who is in Portsmouth, England, and I'm coherent with my friend who is in Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm, I'm coherent with somebody else who is in Tanzania. And so all of these people actually now are in, not, in, not only in coherence locally, they're in coherence with these huge cycles, and they're in coherence with each other. So now the, the theory is that the possibility is that this coherence is a carrier way carrying intentions and intelligence and information along it to this whole group of globally coherent people. And so you see these, when there are these enormous uh, social events, like for example, the Women's March a couple of years back uh, and 9-11, uh, there are these, these big things that happen. Some of them are really disruptive. Some you know, other others of them are really really powerful in, in way of social change. The times when people people feel feel really good, uh, then there are these these shifts in in the reality field, and they're all measurable and trackable. And science is now building up this this body of evidence for these global effects. So that's why people who are manifestors, when they're coherence, when they're in that coherent state, when they induce that coherent state through meditation, through tapping, through the other 30 practical tools of the book, then they are able to be in, in sync with these big cycles and synchronicities happen in their lives. Oh yeah, and there's so many beautiful stories. I mean, we haven't even really talked about many of the the physical healings that you talk about. I'm just thinking maybe we could mention one of those, and then I definitely yes. want to make time to mention um, your events, and then your very nice freebie that I'm going to share with our listeners. But um, I had, I mean, I, please share whatever story is most meaningful to you. I did tag a niece, the doctor who couldn't heal, but I don't know which one sounds the best to you. But I'll leave it to you, Dawson. Yeah, there are quite a few stories in the book. And also, each at the end of each chapter, there are what I call deepening practices. How, how do you apply the ideas in this chapter? There, there are free meditations. There are links to other things in what's called the extended play section at the end of each book, end of each chapter. So it's it's worth looking at those practical tools to implement the ideas in that. So there are more stories in those, those links. And one, one of those stories that just gives me chills, Sonny, when I think about this, it was actually a, a close personal friend of mine called Beth, Who's coming out with a book about her experience with this, but she she was diagnosed in March of 2017 with metastasized stage four breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And this is not a good diagnosis. Uh, they found a large tumor about 
two inches in diameter in her right breast. They also found that the cancer had spread outside of the tumor and all of the lymph nodes underneath her right armpit were swollen and inflamed, uh, indicating cancer there. They also found three spots of inflammation on her right lung. And when she was given the diagnosis by the doctor at a famous cancer clinic called MD Anderson in Houston, Texas, where whenever she lived, um, the doctor, the oncologist said to her, Beth, normally we want to be setting up chemotherapy and radiation. This is so serious. I want you to go straight from my office today to the radiation department for your first treatment right now. I mean, not, not tomorrow and not next week, today. And so Beth said something that changed her life. She said, you know, I don't want to be stampeded into a decision. I want to choose and I need some time to think about this. And she stepped back and she decided to change her energy. <laughs> mm -hmm. She declined treatment. She declined even a needle biopsy. She said, I'm going to see what I can do with energy. And so she began to do Qigong. She began to meditate. She began, She cleaned up her diet. She cleaned up her sources of stress in her life. She, she, she just nailed every single possible source of stress in her entire life and her volunteer work, her relationships. She, she phoned me one day and emailed me as well and said, I've had a gene test and I have eight defective genes that predispose me to breast cancer. And my response was, Beth, your body has 24,000 genes. That means you have 23,992 that are perfectly okay. Let's get to work with those. And so she, she, she focused on her energy. So I mentioned the date of her diagnosis, March 2017, because she went back into the clinic in May of 2017, only two months later. And they found that the tumor had shrunk from two inches to about three-fifths of an inch, under one inch in size, mm -hmm. and all of the lymph nodes under her right armpit were clear. Later on, she had blood tests. There was not a trace of cancer in her body. She changed her energy, and her body changed. So that's why in the book, I talk about money, I talk about relationships, I talk about our social contacts and friends, our, our health, our healing, but it's powerful to bring energy to bear. The first thing to think about when you're faced with a, a material problem in the, in the material world is how can I shift the energy of this? When you shift the energy, often the matter follows right along with it, just like it did for Beth's cancer. Yeah, so many encouraging stories just like that in the book um, for those out there. Um, and again, the extended play sections at the end of the chapters are really fun. Um, so for those listening today, Dawson is giving away a nice little freebie. It's an EFT mini manual along with a health wealth special report with um, contributors like Ram Das and Neil Donald Walsh and, uh, of course, Dawson Church. Um, and so just go to DawsonGift.com. That's DawsonGift.com to uh, get that little free gift. And um, Dawson, I know I want to make sure we mention you've got an event coming up and it's your Life Vision Retreat in uh, Rancho Bernardo Inn in San Diego, California. Um, it's in December, the end of December through the beginning of January. So you have plenty of time um, to make those plans. Um, and to find out more, um, go to EFTTrainer.com forward slash retreat. That's EFTtrainer.com forward slash retreat. Um, we've got just about a minute left, Austin. What, what do people need to know about this event if they want to come join you and experience some of this in person? Sunny, I've been doing this for more than 30 years. Every year I take at least one week off and I go to some beautiful place and I just immerse myself in non-local mind. And then I don't vision, I don't set goals, I don't think about the year ahead. I download the year ahead from the universe, from non-local mind. And non-local mind has a huge vision of your future. And so in that retreat, it's a seven-day retreat, three days of clearing, a labyrinth walk on New Year's Eve, followed by three days of downloading your vision for your life purpose from the universe. That's the Life Vision Retreat. And it's just an amazing, powerful retreat. I also do workshops all over the world. So, But that's like the keynote, the, the, the keystone of our program is that Life Vision Retreat. Although I do teach at Esalen and 1440 Multiversity and all over the place as well. Great. And if people want to find out those other events, what's the best website to find out your events? EFTUniverse.com. At EFTUniverse, they'll, they'll get lists of all those events, as well as those taught by our certified trainers. And we have hundreds of certified practitioners who are experts in this field. 
Wonderful. Well, I just, I can't tell you how much um, I appreciate the work that you're doing and what an honor it was to speak to you about your latest book, Mind to Matter, uh, today, Dawson. Thank you for coming on the show. Bless you and keep on meditating, Sonny. Thank you. <laughs> I will. I'm, I'm addicted now to this evil uh, meditation. <laughs> good. Good addiction. <laughs> yes, exactly. Of all the ones you could have. So thank you everyone for listening to Sunny in Seattle. I was joined today by Dawson Church. The book is Mind to Matter. And this is your host, Sunny Joy, signing off. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.